This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I've talked about growth stocks, IPOs, and what makes a value trap on this podcast in the past. But last week, it dawned on me that I'd never covered an important category of stocks. And these are stocks that sometimes trip up value investors. And I call them stocks in the no man's land, if that makes any sense. So what do I mean by that? These could be stocks that don't really have much growth. Yet their fundamentals, such as their PE or price to book or price to sales, are also too high to be considered value stocks. So they're neither growth stocks nor value stocks. That's what I mean by calling them no man's land. <laughs> like they don't really have a home. They're just in the middle of nowhere. And basically, why would anyone want one of those? Why would you want something that is neither one or the other? You probably wouldn't. And as a result, sometimes these types of stocks go nowhere. As long as they stay in the no man's land category, they go nowhere sometimes for months or definitely for years. They, you know, you'd see neither a gain nor a loss. They just kind of muddle through. And sometimes these stocks can seem cheap. You might look at a chart of it and you see a stock that's really sold off because that's kind of a characteristic of these stocks too. They usually have plunged down. So you think, oh, this must be really cheap because the $70 stock is now $30. So I need to take a look at it. But upon closer inspection, you discover it's not really that cheap when you're looking at the fundamentals. But um, I brought a couple of examples to tell you what I mean about these no man land stocks. So let's run through two examples and you'll, you'll get an idea pretty quickly, I think, of what I mean by these types of stocks. So the first one is one of the big restaurant stocks, Shake Shack. This ticker is S-H-A-K. And I know some of you love it. I know you're big believers. I like the burgers too. And I've been there several times. There's a couple of them here in Chicago. But when you look at the fundamentals, you'll know what I mean by the no man's land. So these shares have sold off. They've sold off the last couple of years since they went IPO. The two-year return on Shake Shack is down about 7%, but the S&P 500 is up nearly 40% in that same time period. So you can see it's really underperforming, but its PE is now 69. So yes, 69 with this one. Now, it was always expensive when it went IPO. People didn't care because it had the growth, but does it have the growth? Okay, if you look at their same store sales, they were down 1.2% in 2017. And then you think, okay, that's just like a one-off. They're adjusting because they are growing their number of checks pretty quickly, actually. So maybe they're focusing on that. Fine. That's where the growth is. But in 2018, they said just recently that they're expected those same store sales to be flat. Now, why do I care about same store sales? So those are taking the shack and then going back the shacks that have been in business for say like two years, I think is the metric that they're using. So then they compare it with what it did the prior year and you want to see growth there. So for any restaurant chain, 
the same store sales growth is basically just like with retailers, the big metric you really want to use, much more so than earnings, because that's kind of telling you the popularity of the stores, how efficiently they're run, and just basically what's happening with the company. So we had down 1.2% and then flat for 2018. Now they are, as I said, opening up a ton of these stores and they're opening up basically what are they think will be probably a record for them this year for their domestic stores. They're going to open up 35 more. But the problem I have with that, because I know all of you are like, but Tracy, that's the growth. Look at their big growing opportunities and they're going overseas. I know, I know. But now I feel like Shake Shack's no longer special. It used to be there'd be like one in your town or maybe you didn't have it at all. So maybe you live in Milwaukee and you're visiting Chicago and you heard about Shake Shack. So there's one in River North and now we have one in the loop and maybe your hotel is right near the one in River North. So yeah, you're going to go try it out. Oh, that's the Shake Shack I've heard about. But now they've opened up one in Milwaukee. So the next time you're in Chicago visiting Are you really going to go to that Shake Shack? I don't think so. Not to mention everyone who was going to the River North Shake Shack now can also go to the Loop Shake Shack. And then I think they have no one in Fulton Market here in Chicago as well. So that's three Shake Shacks now. And then I know they're opening up one near Wrigley Field. That'll be the fourth one. Nothing against that. But this is kind of a destination place where it's unique and kind of special, but it's not if it's in every neighborhood. So a lot of the analysts are worried about cannibalization here, that the new stores are taking away business from the older ones because now there's one in your neighborhood. So that's the one you're going to go to. So I don't like any of that. And obviously the stock is, as I said, you know, not going anywhere. And if even continuing to slide a bit, but shares are still just too expensive with a PE of 69 to pay that. So it's not really a growth because there's no growth going on in those same store sales. And then it's not a value, obviously, even though the shares have really declined. So this is one that's in the no man's land. So I would not be in it for that reason. Another one is also a restaurant stock. Another example here that I brought and it's Pop Belly. This ticker is PBPB. Now the reporting as I'm recording this podcast on February 21st in 2018. So they're about to report earnings, but I don't feel like this will change the story at all with what's happening here. So their same store sales fell 4.8% in the third quarter. So we're waiting on the fourth quarter. I don't feel like it's going to be much better there. And they called it a, quote, challenging environment, unquote. Now, they also... We're in a search for a new CEO, and they hired a new one as of early December, so they're going to get someone new in there. But the shares, despite falling since their IPO and basically going nowhere, are not cheap either. So over the last two years, the shares are down 3.2%. That doesn't sound too bad, but they kind of, they plunged down after the IPO, and then they've gone nowhere for about three years, just nowhere. But it's still obviously way underperforming the S&P, which, as I said, during that time is up nearly 40%. So not only is the shares going nowhere, but 
you could have been in the S&P doing much, much better with less stress. Let's put it that way. So the PE on this one is 34. That's a little bit better than the Shake Shack, but obviously not a value here either. So these shares aren't going anywhere. The value investors are on the sidelines saying, meh, not cheap enough. Got a new CEO, same store sales declining, earnings last year in 2017 expected to fall 33%, and it doesn't really have the growth component either, even though they too are opening up new restaurants just like Shake Shack, and they're expanding their brand. But without those same store sales going anywhere, they just they don't have the mojo. So now this is another one that is in the no man's land. And, you know, I don't want to be in those. I don't want to be in the no man's land. So I took a look at a couple of stocks that aren't in the no man's land that would be the opposite of Shake Shack and Pop Bellies to also give you an idea of what you should be looking for. Stay away from the no man's land stocks, but there is a way to get the growth, but with the value and the earnings growth, obviously. So... I looked at, obviously, the opposite of these, so growth with value, and I threw on the Zach's number one rank. That's the strong buy, just for fun, because I wanted those rising earnings estimates, and I got 56 stocks that had both the value and the growth, and the value basically just searched for the PE under um, the 15, so yeah, and the growth is in the earnings, so I had a I had fun like going through this list and trying to find a couple stocks that looked intriguing, you might say. So here's three that I thought you might want to just do some more research on and check out. So the first one is Allstate. This is the property insurance giant, tickers ALL, and they're trying to get back to growth here. So there's this is kind of a turnaround play. And the analysts aren't quite sure if they're going to be able to hold the margins or if the growth is going to eat into those margins, which is normally what happens with them because they end up spending more on marketing and other things and the margins get hit. So this is a little bit of a turnaround, as I said. But earnings in 2018 expected to be up 25%. Some of that is most likely a tax reform too, but still 25% there. The shares are down 7% year to date. So you're getting a little more attractive price here on the PE front, and they're trading with the PE of just 11. So Allstate is one oh, you might want to keep on your watch list here. The second stock is Pacar. Pacar is a big, they make big commercial trucks and powertrains. Their ticker is PCAR. I don't think I've talked about them. I used to own them in my own personal portfolio, but it was years and years ago because I like companies like this. They've been around for forever since the 1930s and 40s, and they have paid a dividend every year since 1941. They also have been paying some special dividends in there, including they just paid one out. They paid $1.20 in January of this year of 2018 to their shareholders. So that's a nice little bonus there. And they had record annual revenues last year based on a couple different things, but they're seeing a real strong European truck market. So with that European um, economy over there, with Europe picking up, they are going to be transporting more more things. So trucks are needed. Also, they're going to see a big gain in the tax rate in 2018. So they were paying 31% last year, and they're going to be paying around 23 to 25% this year. That's the story we've heard from many, many companies, but this is definitely one that's going to see the lower rate. So these shares are down about 4% 
so far year to date. Some of that's with the stock market correction and their PE is just 13. So real good PE and then the earnings expected to be up 23%. And then you have just those dividends every year. So a lot to like here. I know a lot of people have kind of shunned the transports, including the railroads and um, ships and all of that. But with a stronger global economy, this is what you know, sees big upside. So trucking still is in demand uh, worldwide and Picar has worldwide facilities. So keep this one in mind, PCAR. And then I'm going to go with the retailer for the third one. I'm pretty sure I talked about this one in the past, but it's good to revisit because the shares are really cheap and it does have some nice growth possibilities here. So it is Sally Beauty Holdings, ticker is SBH. And you might not know Sally Beauty. People lump them in with Ulta and Sephora, but they're not really the same thing. They have 3,700 stores, Sally Beauty. They have over 5,000 total, actually, but just the Sally Beauty name is 3,700. They basically are found in like strip malls or places like you wouldn't really expect to see a beauty store. And there's nothing like glamorous about their stores. They tend to aim more towards professional hairstylists and even salons. They own a big chain called Cosmo Prof. That's for professionals and salons too, but a lot of their geared towards more of the professionals. But what they're really known for is their hair color. Anyone who dyes their hair knows that they carry a lot of the professional branding hair colors, not really the box brands, but the professional style ones that you could get in the salon are at Sally. So they're really trying to focus on that now. They're trying to move more towards the hair hair care and hair color as their specialty, but they're in a transition. Yes, yes, it's true. Um, Same store sales fell last quarter 2.2%. 40 basis points of that, though, was due to hurricane disruptions, which they saw in the third quarter because of Texas, where they have a lot of stores, and also Puerto Rico, but it continued into the fourth quarter with Puerto Rico because they have quite a few operations there. So... Yeah, like the hurricanes are still in impacting here, but still 40 basis points out of the 2.2. They still saw same-store sales decline there, and they expect them to be flat in next year. Well, fiscal 2018, as we go into that, because they just reported Q1. So this is fiscal 2018. They're expecting overall to be flat. That's not that great, right? But shares are down 9% year-to-date, and they've been really working on e-commerce. They now have two-day delivery to 90% of U.S. households. So that's pretty good. So they're getting that game together. And earnings in this fiscal year expected to be up 32%. So there is some growth there, and the P.E. is now 7 So why is this one different than, say, Shake Shack or Pop Bellies, you're asking? Because they both are expecting same-store sales, you know, to be flat, or I should say Shake Shack is, and now Sally Beauty is too, for the fiscal year, but it doesn't have a P of 69. So that's part of the thing. You want to get the stocks when they're cheap. Yeah, if it's like in the turnaround, you don't care so much because you're getting them at a discount. You're getting a bargain on the shares, but you're not getting any bargain with these stocks that are in no man's land. That's why they're in no man's land. So Sally Beauty, one to keep an eye on. I do like what's going on over there. They are global. They're big in Europe too. And they have a big percentage of business coming from the professional salons 
and hairdressers and just people in the beauty industry. So that's what kind of sets them apart. People forget with them. So Sally Beauty SBH. So let's recap some of the tickers here. So we had um, the stocks in the no man's land, which I don't recommend. And those are Shake Shack S-H-A-K and Potbelly P-B-P-B. There's others, but those are the two I talked about today. And then we had Three stocks that are the opposite of the no man's land, and these are ones that are value stocks with good value fundamentals, and they have the growth. So you might want to keep them on a list to watch. Allstate, A-L-L, Picar, P-C-A-R, and Sally Beauty, S-B-H. And as always, I encourage everyone to listen in on the conference calls. Even if it's an old one and it's recorded, it's always good to hear what's going on from the analysts and what the voice inflections are by management. Because you know by listening to this podcast that a lot goes on just even in the voice and how they're acting on the call that isn't available in a transcript if you're only reading it on like Seeking Alpha or something in the transcript form. So take some time if you're really interested in some of these companies and you want to know what's going on to listen in. Yeah, sometimes they get kind of boring. It depends on who's on the call, to be honest, and what management is like and how good the analysts are. But sometimes they're not either. And especially like with these restaurant stocks and things, if you're looking at some of these no man's land stocks, wondering what's going on there, check out those conference calls because I do find the restaurant stock conference calls to be pretty interesting. Maybe it's just because we can relate because we've all been to these restaurants. I don't know. But um, those are usually pretty good. So be sure to do all the research, as I said. And always, you want to subscribe here to get all the Value Investor podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts with our own standalone show now. And um, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you like what we're saying, or even if you don't like it, if you if you have some complaints, whatever it is, leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that we can see how we're doing. And uh, you can let other people know that maybe this is a podcast about investing in stocks that you want to listen in on. So be sure to do that. And you can also subscribe on SoundCloud, but on SoundCloud, we're over with the Market Edge. So look up Zach's Market Edge and you'll get both the Market Edge and the Value Investor Podcast over on SoundCloud. So I'll be back again next week with some more value stocks.